Welcome to the York County Economic Alliance podcast series produced by Bold Creative Media. As York County's official Chamber of Commerce and Economic Development Organization, we're here as a resource center to connect you to specialized funding, business services, advocacy programs, and events to help you and your business thrive. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Uh, another podcast series from the York County Economic Alliance. This is Kevin Schreiber, President and CEO, and I'm here today joined with Mr. John Dolmich of Big Business Information Group. And John, you are the uh, CIO of Big, and thanks for being with us today here at YCEA. Thanks a lot, Kevin. I'm glad to be here today. Uh, yeah, my name is John Dolmich, and I am the CEO and one of the founders of uh, Big Business Information Group, based right here in New York, PA. We've been here for about 25 years now, and uh, we provide a wide range of technology solutions to local businesses, government agencies, and educational facilities right here in central Pennsylvania. And we dig it. You're located right downtown in, in York, and just recently you guys were celebrating a pretty uh, monumental anniversary, right? Yes, we, we did have our 25th anniversary. Um, we did uh, an educational event downtown in York. We love to support the York community. And uh, we look forward to another 25 years. Yeah, and congratulations on that, too, and all the Thanks, success Kevin. that you guys have had. And I know for a lot of York County, and sometimes we know of Big or they know of, you know, the, the brand or, or have driven by the building, but I don't think they realize just how far the scope of work is and the breadth and depth that you guys have and just how far your reach is. I know you're doing work all across the country, um, and you're traveling constantly. Yes, um, we you know a lot of people do not know that we really exist down here in York, and you know we're proud to be one of the largest technology firms in York, and we really have a broad reach. We work all over the United States. Uh, we actually do work uh, outside in some of our other divisions as far as Australia. So um, we, we're, we're real proud of our staff here, and you know our mission this year is really educational to the York. Um, community to get them more up to speed on technology as it becomes a more important piece of our lives. Which fits well with that 25th anniversary party that you guys had, which was really billed as Big University and and uh, educating the, the broader community. And it certainly fits. It's a good segue for today. Uh, we have you here. Um, thank you again for taking time out and, and for coming in to talk to our members and to the York community about uh, today. We kind of wanted to cover a pretty interesting, exciting topic, very progressive topic that I'm sure individuals may have heard a little bit about. But but this, I think, will, will give them a much greater grasp of what the Internet of Things really is. So from your perspective, and I know you are quite the, the, the visionary conceptual guy, what does the Internet of Things really mean to you, to your business, and then really to, to anyone listening, what's it mean to them? Sure, sure, thanks. We're all used to our cell phones, and we, we can't put them down, and we get text messages, and we get Facebook alerts, and it tells us where we're going to go. It shows us on our maps. It, it alerts us when there's specials coming in at certain restaurants and things like that. And we're, we're really looking at one device. So when we talk about the Internet of Things, we're talking about, you know, billions of more devices from our refrigerators to our cars to uh, pet collars to uh, things that may exist on uh, um, our, our kids, on lawnmowers, really everything. And we're, we're, it, it really is about every device that you touch communicating over the Internet. 
which fits really well with an announcement we were proud of uh, just recently that, that York was selected along with Harrisburg and Lancaster regionally as a rise of the rest community. We won't go into too much of that today other than really the, 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 the pioneer behind that is Steve Case, founder of uh, America Online, who has now become an iconic investor. And he's really making the case of the third wave, which is internet and technology being so seamlessly integrated into our daily life that innovation can really occur everywhere. And for an individual that travels frequently for, for, for work and pleasure, I'm sure, are you seeing that innovation occurring? And I know Steve Case's real thesis behind this is that you do not have to be in Silicon Valley. You do not have to be in New York City. You can be right here in York doing some really incredible, innovative stuff. Sure. I mean, we are seeing it um, evolve faster in other parts of the country. And it's strictly driven by um, the motivation of, of, of the local communities in some of these other cities because they, they're embracing it faster than other areas of the, of the country. And, you know, what Steve Case is talking about and, and a lot of the leaders in the technology fields is that this is going to be a dramatic shift in technology in our, all of our lives. Um, we'll no longer have to figure out where our keys are. Mm-hmm. Every device that we have will be communicating with us, with others, with other devices in really what we are calling a completely connected world. Everything is connected. Um, so the, the real interesting thing is that, you know, nobody expected um, um, Steve Jobs to come out with such a groundbreaking device as the iPhone that he did, and it completely changed our lives. Now we're looking at something much, much larger than that, that, you know, everything we have will be connected and communicating and will change our lives again drastically, just like the iPhone did. And what's the technology really that's supporting all of this? I mean, for a community to embrace it, as you as you noted, what, what are those things, what are the metrics, what do you look for in a community that suggests that they're embracing this type of technology? And, and then I guess in turn, this is kind of a two-part question, but it in turn, if, if that community is embracing it, how does that impact the businesses that are that are within that geography? Sure. So, I mean, you know, the basis for everything, just like it is for our phone, is connectivity. So, you know, having a communications highway and adopting that in the community is core to making everything else happen. Um, without highways, we can't drive our cars. Without communication highways, the Internet of Things is not going to happen in a given region. And the impact on that is that, you know, technology jobs are the fastest growing in the world. Um, manufacturing is being taken over by more robotic technology, which, again, is just a piece of the Internet of Things. Robots are just another device. And embracing and building a communication infrastructure for a community to support these things has to exist before they come. Uh-huh. They, they can't come before that communications infrastructure is in place. So that's really the message that we're trying to send. And we do see other communities. Orlando is a perfect example that says we need to be ready for this. We're going to invest in it so that we can do all these productivity-enhancing things. And that's really what the Internet of Things is going to be. It's productivity enhancements, it's efficiency, it's energy management, um, it's safety, uh, it's it's all kinds of things that we've 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 all wanted, and we need to be ready for a new technology that's going to bring it to us. It's kind of that big data. 
component to it as well. I mean, if if so, if you're a business out there and you really wanted to go macro on it, you could connect everything and really start to assess and make your own evaluations on how to drive efficiency. And I guess to some degree, that's that's what you're talking about. So, on a, but on a small scale, if you were to take it down to a smaller business, that generally speaking is is you know just going in day in and day out and figuring out how to survive, figuring out how to be productive, figuring out how to get their their employees motivated, and they may not have the time to step back and really extract themselves and think, all right, how can they think bigger picture? Is that something where big can really help them? Is that you know is that an exercise in creativity that you guys really bring to the table? Um, or, you know, are there things that they should be thinking about that, that is just coming down the pike and how can they prepare for it? Yes. I mean, it is something that it's part of our educational experience. And, you know, IOT and Smart City is two of our big initiatives for what we really call our educational section. And, um, you know, for small businesses, they may, may, they may not think that it's important to them, but even a very small business from a productivity or even a customer um, service perspective. Um, the Internet of Things brings things, and it, it happens today on very progressive, even smaller businesses. For example, you know, a, a restaurant that, that knows when I come in to their restaurant and basically brings me my drink that I order and I haven't been there in a year because I was connected to them and they enabled that, that technology. That's, you know, it's a base example of the, of the Internet of Things. Um, you know, it's not going to be any different from a doctor's office that, that a patient walks in and they've already got their readings. They're reading them from a device that's on the, the patient's wrist um, or a vet hospital that's reading those things from a dog collar when the, do- when the dog walks in. Uh, it's, it's all those most basic things that the Internet of Things actually enables for us, and, and they are extreme productivity enhancements. If you think about the, the, the amount of time you, look, you, you spend looking for lost things <laughs> or missing your flight because you can't find your car keys, you think about the, 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 the cost savings involved in those things is, is actually exponential. And to some degree then, what's the cost, uh, what's the cost savings or what's the cost barrier for a company to start moving in this direction now? I mean, if you were advising a company to start, you know, thinking about how they can integrate technology seamlessly into their pro- product, whatever that may be, whatever widget they're selling, you know, what are some of those things that you could counsel them on thinking now as as technology continues to evolve exponentially? Well, I mean, the first the first thing is is really having them evaluate their business and look at the pieces of their business that could benefit from IoT. Um, my restaurant example was was perfect, and there's. There's a host of other things, but they need to start doing that business analysis too to figure out where IoT fits in, in, in their space because the, the barrier, the cost to deploy these technologies is actually very, very minimal. Once that communications infrastructure is built, the, the device manufacturers, whether it, like I said, whether it's a key, key fob when, for your car, will all have that technology enabled. So the thing that, that, that really is not in place is the communications infrastructure, and it's really the software applications that integrate that inside of their business. Um, you know, so it's really, really the piece starts with an educational – because this stuff is coming. Mm-hmm. The infrastructure will be here. It will be available for businesses, and the manufacturers of all devices will enable 
IoT in all their devices, how a, how a business uses it is that's more, you know, kind of a business technology plan that they need to start thinking about. Are you starting to see companies in central Pennsylvania really adapt and, and, and take ownership of this type of technology? Honestly, in central Pennsylvania, no. I think mm-hmm. it's a newer concept to them. Um, in, like I said, in other, other parts of the country, we have seen it. And it, it even comes down to non-sexy applications. <laughs> it's, you know, uh, one of the perfect examples is, you know, we all walk around and we go to restaurants and we come out and we're, we're eating and we throw our trash in the trash receptacle. And the trash man has to come pick it up. Well, what happens if the trash man knew when a receptacle was full? Mm-hmm. And he didn't stop at your house if you didn't really have any trash because those trash cans are communicating saying that I'm a quarter full, I'm, I'm, flow, I'm overflowing. You know, so even the trash man, a very non-sexy business, can benefit hugely by only making 50% of the stops that he would have had to make because he knows he, he knows where he needs to pick up trash and where he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And you're really seeing, I mean, nationally, you can look at where we've seen disruptive technology really change an industry. Uber and Lyft, great examples, um, where they really have taken and changed and altered an entire industry and made it much more convenient and consumer-friendly. Um, some of the things you're talking about are also really kind of that infrastructure. You know, more and more communities deploying smart meters, smart meters getting to a a much smarter level. I mean, right now, I think we're in kind of generation 2.0 of them. And it it really is amazing to see how fast technology is leaping right now. I mean, where do you see this go? I mean, how far out are we if you were making predictions? I mean, are, are you know, as a place like central Pennsylvania going to start to see really this rapid evolution in the next five, 10 years? The answer is, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it is kind of a doom and gloom message is that, you know, it's, it's going to happen faster than anybody can imagine. Uh, once the base communication infrastructure is in place, um, in the next five years, uh, we really are going to see uh, a leap in technology and a growth in technology that probably took 20, 30 years to do. Because it's going to be that fast because the technology is already there. Uh, how it gets deployed, you know, is a whole other thing. I mean, connected cars are another part of mm-hmm. IoT. And connected cars are going to be on our roads extremely, extremely fast, um, along with a whole host of other things. And, you know, if the cities don't start thinking about these type of things and even the business community themselves, that's what's going to drive jobs and where there's jobs is where people move. So it's probably, in my opinion, it's probably one of the most important decisions that communities and businesses need to make right now in getting ready as fast as they possibly can for this technology. And I, you know, you and I have had these kind of creative conversations in the past. I mean, a lot of this is based on data and data is, will be the next commodity. Um, Even, you know, cell phone plans, Cable TV plans are all shifting really to data centric. Um, is there a point in time where your device is really controlling? It? I mean, whatever device you're carrying around in your pocket is really controlling that. And do you still need cable modems? Do you still need things like that? Or is this really getting to that point where everything is data centric and you're walking into a conference room in a building and, and anticipating that they have a data plan in that conference room for you to tie right into? Uh, th- that's exactly right. I mean, you know, so. The you know your your phone and the devices on you are literally going to control everything, um, you know. So so you're going to need to expect that when you walk into any place that they have the infrastructure in place to support what you want to do. 
I mean, we look at things like Uber and, you know, they've disrupted everything, but there's still flaws in the technology that mm -hmm. IoT is going to fix. The Uber driver eventually will not even need to look and put in a map of where you are. Right. The car will figure out where you are and it, that's where it's going to go. It, it really is nuts to think about. And communities like York where, you know, and I can – give the quick kind of work work or, you know, workforce uh, snapshot. We've got 18% of our uh, labor force in advanced manufacturing, which pays an average of $55,000 a year. Um, we have a much smaller segment of that workforce in tech, but tech is paying an average of $80,000 a year. So, you know, how do we as a community in central Pennsylvania as a region really prepare ourselves to own that intellectual property, so to speak, that knowing, you know, we obviously hope to, to, to maintain that, that advanced manufacturing edge because it is important, but how do we not make a mistake like ignoring technological innovation and ignoring collaborative robotics technology and know that these um, major corporations that are doing this advanced manufacturing are going to continue to advance the technology and lean out. So how can we as a region really prepare for this type of stuff? Um, you know, and working with education and working with, you know, shared research and development, stuff like that. Are you seeing these types of examples in other major metros? Uh, we, we are seeing those examples. Basically, they're creating prototypes. I mean, they're literally creating, getting people in the community together and they're creating prototypes and testing, you know, self-driving cars. They're, they're, they're testing all kinds of IoT technology to see where it fits into their community. And they, they've gotten together, you know, a lot of the local business leaders and some of the regional leaders to figure out – because it, it, it is a drastic change in the way we operate. It's a very drastic change. And – you know, it's more of an educational experience of, of getting people to understand this stuff is coming very, very rapidly. Mm -hmm. And they have to understand, you know, the impact um, of, of what it's going to happen. I, I go back to the iPhone example. A lot of people said that, you know, they're like, you know, why would you need such a device? And, and it's such – I know when I got it in my hands and when I actually looked at it, which I fought it the entire way. I, <laughs> I wanted my BlackBerry. And I got this device, and I really had like two days a weekend to play with it. And when I realized that, that this device now integrated like 20 other devices that I had between a camera and a video player and all this other kind of stuff and the maps, well, that was 20 devices. Well, now we're talking billions of devices, you know, everything talking to everything. Um, including a lot of the technology that we're looking at on the table today, which basically is sitting here dumb, which is essentially I eventually I'm going to be able to look over and, and I'm going to basically be, just look at it over there and, and control Jen's iPhone. Right. Um, you know, it, it, it's going to be extremely drastic, and, and I really think it's more of an educational, you know, um, driven thing for these communities to really kind of shock them into to, to making some decisions. Are you seeing communities and businesses too? And this is probably kind of a similar train of thought, but would you advise communities or businesses to really stop and step back and create an IoT plan and really, you know, look at their company and look at their product and, and develop that IoT plan that takes them for the next, you know, zero to five or five to 10 years and then same with a community, which is a little bit more in greater scale. That's getting into infrastructure and things like that. But, you know, our businesses that are 
I guess I'll put the question differently, for, for businesses that you see that are embracing this type of evolution, are they creating those IoT type plans which and then really implementing and, and that's helping them embrace it? The, the answer is yes, and it's really being driven by some of the bigger companies. But, you know, what my recommendation for, you know, a smaller community is a smaller community is is really made up of a whole bunch of businesses. So, you know, getting a, a um, an IoT advisory council together. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, the trash man is going to eventually need it. He's going to come and say, I want to be able to do this. Well, the trash man isn't going to basically fund the whole infrastructure himself. Right, right. The, the electric company is going to say, I need to do things over this. Well, they're not going to fund it all themselves. And then you, you just go on and on and on and add all these businesses in this community, they all have an individual piece of what what they need IoT to do, but combined, they have a huge need. Yep. I mean, it really is crazy. And I don't, uh, again, I hope that your countyans realize that it's not that far away. Three three hours from now in Pittsburgh, uh, they're testing driverless vehicles on the streets of Pittsburgh. I mean, it's crazy to think about it, but we're finally hitting that point. Haven't quite gotten back to the future yet with the flying cars, but we just were a flux capacitor away, I suppose. Yeah, we are. We we really are. In fact, I mean, they're over uh, showcasing. You know, they did last month the one of the first flying cars in 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 Dubai. It, it really is nuts, and I think that's if if there's anything we can impress upon listeners and the businesses in in York is that this technology is coming, and it's going to come rapidly, and how how they can embrace it, how they can position themselves to to be successful as a result of it. So as we get to this point with with the Internet of Things, with it integrated into our life all over the place, how much does cybersecurity then really play in as a countermeasure? I mean, uh, you know, how much of your time and Big's time are you guys spent really trying to figure out how to Think ten steps ahead of someone who's you know who's constantly trying to you know do malicious things with the internet. Yeah, I mean that's that's a very interesting question because you know the whole cybersecurity um, piece of it is it actually makes everybody extremely vulnerable mm-hmm. because everything is connected and um, you know you now have you make more things susceptible to somebody gaining access to it. Uh, versus there's a big difference when somebody gains access to your individual laptop or PC versus somebody getting access to breaking into Amazon's cloud services. You know? Right. I've, I'm a technology guy, um, and I have been for probably almost 35 years now, and the cloud scares me. Um, the Internet of Things is you know scares me too, but it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. So... You know, there is a whole educational, um, you know, uh, experience that has to be had around security, and it needs to be taken. Cybersecurity isn't taken uh, uh, seriously today. Mm-hmm. I mean, people still respond to emails they shouldn't <laughs> be, okay? People still it's share, amazing, share right? their passwords. And that's for a single device, and they don't understand the ramifications of what happens when Everything. I mean, you can imagine if somebody breaks in and, 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 and compromises a connected car infrastructure and, and literally everything just crashes. You know, that's a, that's a real reality. You know, so um, the, the nice part about and, and, and actually what Steve Case is saying and, 
you know, in, in, in his words and what people are, are, are talking about, is a whole new internet infrastructure. It's a whole new web infrastructure right. that's built from the gr- – our internet was not built with security in mind. Right. It was never built that way. So now with IoT, it, everything has to be rebuilt from the ground up. But it's an investment. I mean, it's, it's, it's like we did with our highway infrastructure years ago under Roosevelt where he said, I'm going to rebuild our roads and make it easier to transport goods and services. We now have to rebuild our communications infrastructure for the Internet of Things to make it safer, to make it faster, and to make it easier. Really is a good metaphor, too, and obviously uh, probably an emerging industry. I mean, there is a cybersecurity industry right now, but, but I can imagine not to the, the – depth or breadth that it could be in 10 or 15 years when this type of technology is is seamless. How about an individual's privacy? I mean, is that a, a concern that you, you weigh as well? Again, it's not just a hacker being able to hack into, as you know, you know Amazon or, or a company's database, but how about an individual's personal privacy? Are there things that they should do as they're walking around with their iPhone, you know, kind of connected at all times? Are there things that they should be thinking about to, to make sure that their own personal information all those banking apps that are on your phone right now. Um, or is that an issue that's out there? Well, I mean, I mean that, that, that's a real interesting question too because I tell people this. If you want to live in society as the way it's going to be, mm-hmm. you, you are going to have to give up certain, certain personal privacy. You're going to have to be able to be tracked. And that's just a fact. If not, you're not going to be able to function in this society. Um, you can try as much as you want not to be tracked, but then there's also, you know, the the um, the simple things that people need to do to protect their own information, you know, on their devices that that they have. But I hear a lot of people say, "I don't want to be tracked. I don't want it. I don't want them to know this. I don't want them to know that." But me, if I walk into a restaurant, I want them to know that right. this is what I normally eat, and and that they show up with what I want, you know, before I even ask, and and. You know, so it's a balance of two things, but we're we're beyond the point of being tracked. I mean, right. we're all tracked today, and nobody understands that we really are. Um, so it's just we just have to deal with it and embrace it, um, while still trying to maintain as much of our you know security as far as our own information that we don't want anybody to see. Right. So it really is a cost benefit analysis, so to speak. But so you're saying all those people that email me for my banking account that I, that promised me twenty million in exchange, I should stop sending it to them. That's exactly right. right. <laughs> create a dummy account. Um, so ultimately, you know, kind of to, to sort of tie this up and and impress upon those businesses that might be listening throughout Central Pennsylvania, you know, this is coming. It's it's something that your company needs to embrace and adapt to if it if it makes sense. But realistically, there's very few companies that ten years out will not be able to embrace this in some form or fashion. Not even ten years out, but really in the more imminent future. Um, but I have to imagine too, as you talk to businesses, that like anything else, it's it's a bit of an investment, but it's also cost savings on the back end. And it will increase efficiency or productivity or awareness of your of your company and your company's product. I mean, is that generally the case that, yes, you know, there's a little bit of investment up front on time or resource, um, but ultimately this thing, you know, if you're developing some sort of a integrated, you know, innovation plan for your company, it's going to pay dividends. It is going to pay dividends. And we've seen it with the, we've seen it in the energy market. And, you know, um, energy efficient lighting has been around for ah, years and years and years. And when, when you look at the cost analysis of 
building and an energy efficient building, the payback isn't tomorrow. It's not next year. It's years. But but then the cost savings are huge. We're going to see the same thing in technology. There is an initial investment, but then there's going to be tremendous cost savings and productivity, and it's going to allow businesses and individuals to do things they've they never could do. I mean, things that we haven't even thought about yet. It's going to enable that. So, yeah, there's a cost savings, but you can you can make the um, comparison to you know the the energy side and, and smart lighting. I mean, we're seeing cities go in right now, and they're they're doing it in, in conjunction. So they're doing all smart lighting, but they're saying, you know what, we're going to make our whole uh, street lighting system communication enabled. So they're 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 killing two birds with one stone. Uh, and their, you know, their, their savings just on the energy management, you know, is, is, is huge. But they know that – and that's the mistake a lot of people make. I mean, it's like it, – it would be like building a road today and not putting right. a communication conduit right. underneath. I mean, you're going through all that effort. So, you know, it, it will – there will be huge cost savings in the future. Um, and if – and the, some of the cost savings is going to come and needs to be evaluated by – if I don't do this, well, well, then I don't have these certain things and people aren't going to come work for me and I'm not going to be in business. So, you know, it's the cost of saving the business. And really it's the competitive advantage yes. uh, ultimately. Yes. So, so John, uh, business information group, always out on the cutting edge. You guys are really trailblazers. Um, yeah, I thank you for taking time today to, to be with us and help, you know, really share this message. You're, you are kind of the Pied Piper. You are the Johnny Appleseed. I know you're running around trying to really plant this message um, in communities across our country, certainly here in central Pennsylvania. So what we didn't tell you, which we've been sort of wrapping these interviews up with uh, a lightning round of questions that we did not provide you in advance. So we're going to throw some, some, some prompts at you. So very quickly, um, these are, this is the fun stuff. So what's your, your, your guilty pleasure food? Uh, my guilty beef jerky. All right. All right. Nice. Um, if you're flipping through channels, uh, what's the movie that you, if you hit it on TV, you're not going to flip anymore. You're going to sit and watch it. Jaws. Ah, oh, me too. Nicely. We're going to need a bigger boat. Um, Hulu or Netflix? Netflix. Uh, if you could spend, if you could have a beer with one of these three individuals, um, who would it be? Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, or Steve Jobs, assuming Steve was still with us? Steve Jobs. Apple or PC? PC. Uh, favorite NFL team? Ravens. Were you ever on MySpace? No. <laughs> And when you walk into that restaurant and they bring you your drink, what is that drink? Rum and diet. Nicely done. <laughs> John Dolmich, Business Information Group. Big, thank you for being with us today. Thanks for uh, all the great work that you do here in York. Thanks for headquartering here in York, 25 years. Wish you the best for another 25. Thanks, Kevin. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this edition of the YCEA podcast series produced by Bold Creative Media. For more information, visit us on our website at www.ycea-pa.org or call us anytime and talk to one of our experienced staff members at 717-848-4000. And always remember to start here.